Now, just last week here on Sunday, I spoke to one of us. And, um, you know, they told me about how they had uh, a decision. They were voting for one of the two horses. Allow me to call them that for now. Eh? And, and, and then they were like, okay, let me ask God what his choice is or, what, or where I should vote. And so they went on and they took some time and prayed and asked the Lord, Lord, whoever you tell me to vote, I will vote for them. And so indeed, the Lord spoke to them. In fact, the person the Lord told them to vote for was not the one that they were intending to vote for. Mona. So it's like me wanted to vote this, but the Lord has said, vote here. And so, okay, since I said that, they obliged and went and voted for the person that the Lord has, um, uh, had, asked him to, had asked them had asked them to vote for. That was before the results, eh? The results came on. Was it Monday? Uh, so this morning, we're going to be talking about prayer in pursuit of revelation, right? If you track with me, I might, I might finish that story. I know everybody is waiting for me to say. <laughs> well, let's just say that I followed up with the person in the course of the week to find out. But maybe I'll get back to that in the, in the course of this. So that's what you're going to be talking about. Eh? And those who've not been with us, we've been going through the sermon on prayer, relentless pursuit, and we've been saying that prayer is having a conversation with God. And we have also said that we are looking at the pursuits of prayer. In other words, what are we looking for? What are we seeking for when we come before God to pray? And we have gone through um, three pursuits. And in the first week, we looked at pursuit, uh, prayer in pursuit of ritual and rhythm. And we said, really, we are looking for a rhythm. We are looking for a consistency a time where we can uh, continuously come before God in a way that we have a choice and it's relevant and it makes an effect and becomes something that helps us in the course of our lives. And we said we do that because Jesus did it and so do we. And then we also say that uh, the, the rituals form the rhythms that become the foundations for our lives. And we've seen that even in the last week as we came to talk about um, prayer in pursuit of results we learned similarly that Jesus pursued results, that indeed the Bible and the scriptures and God invites us to ask him for results. And we say that um, uh, we should do that in a relentless manner and that our relationship with him must not be, exclusive, be exclusively on the basis of whether he answers or not. You know, and, as, and as like that friend of mine who voted the way the Lord had told them to, it was not the way they had wanted. And so whether or not he answers our prayers, we also say that he gives us the grace to bear. All right? By the way, um, my wife has written a small book. My darling wife, there's a place where I'll be doing that, has written a small book called uh, Prayer Practicals. Um, and it's one of the resources I also looked at as I was preparing to come and share with us this month. And it's uh, a book that you can pick from, from her or from us after this. It goes for 500 bob, but today, 
preaching, uh, what do you call it, discount, miatatu. Uh, just 300 bob for the book today, and so you can pick it from. And, and it'll give you some thoughts and ideas about prayer and creating that ritual of prayer. You know, you select a place and so on, do it consistently, and what do you pray for? How do you spend that time in prayer? That's what the book is about and more. And, and uh, just to let you know that uh, it was at the prompt of Pastor Angie. Siati sababu wa yuko ndio nimeanza kuja kuuza vitabu. No, she requested me to do so. She's out at, uh, in the diaspora, Mavuno Rongai, where she's visiting and preaching there as well. And so I'm preaching here courtesy of her. When I left high school, so after the service, in the last century, <laughs> just right out of, out of high school, eh, one of my schoolmates really wanted to get a car. In fact, he ambitiously and stated to all of us, Mimi now, since he was not going to steal, he hatched a plan. He looked around, and he was a bit entrepreneurial, and so he decided to deal in a commodity that is rare right now. Which one? Maize. So I think maize has been a challenge for so long. So he would identify where the maize is in plenty, in Bay a cheap, and then he takes it to, okay, transports it and takes it to where it is in demand, and he sells and makes money. So that's what he did. He, you know, the way you talk to Arela for money and so on, went to a place, hired a lorry, packed the things. But now, because he wanted to save a lot, eh, he, instead of hiring people to carry the maize, kujaza lorry, he hired less people, and he himself, lorry. And so he did that to, is that what, to load the lorry? When it got wherever it was going, he also did that to unload the lorry. <laughs> Sadly for him, he made money, but he spent most of it in hospital. Because, of course, he had exhausted himself, really wanting to make some money. Right? I have a question for you. Question of the day. Have you ever had something that you really wanted so badly, like this guy? And what did you do to get it? Turn to someone and say, Something that you've really wanted badly, and then what you did to get it. I hear so much laughter. We're, we're waiting to hear that one. <laughs> uh, 
I'd like to hear what some of you have said. Or what somebody else has said. Perhaps somebody else has told you. Your sister was laughing so hilariously. I don't know what she was told. <laughs> so the reason why I'm laughing is because my husband attempted to suggest that he has never, like, I, don't, I can't think of anything. Of course he was joking. Oh, yeah, because you know him well. Yeah. Because he, everything he, he, he does so much, yeah, he does so much. So I can't imagine even, like, he couldn't decide what to say. Okay. But the joke was him suggesting that he has never tried anything. Okay. That's when you're trying to, unajaribu kuingiza wife yako box, and she knows better. For me, it's my neighbor here. She says that um, when she finished school, she wanted to continue with her education. But unfortunately, she couldn't because she was in Ushago. And then she thought that being in Ushago, there's no way she can make any money. So when she came to Nairobi, she decided there was, she couldn't get anything that she could do to be able to make money. Then she opted to be a house help. Okay. And uh, being a house help now, she's telling me she's saved enough. Next year, she wants to go to university. Oh, nice. Yeah. She wanted the education so badly, she got whatever job she could get and saved to do it. Anyone else? No, namko no apa. And then that's, I think if, unless there's anybody else who puts up their hand. Oh. Good morning, church. <laughs> Yes, so uh, I've got instructions to share uh, Sophie's story. She indicates that uh, she really wanted to walk down the aisle and uh, come we stay was out of the question. So when she met uh, Kinyanza, she knew this he was the one uh, so when she told her parents you know how parents hesitate are you very sure and she was yes this is the man he seems very organized and put together he's the one for me and whether her parents said yes or no she was, she was committed set. that he's the one for me she wants to clarify something <laughs> <laughs> Let me add, I remember my mom being really, really against it. And I told, she's such a prayerful woman. And I challenged her, I told her, let's see, that, let's see the God you pray to, if he's going to overpower my God. So I can the prayer competition, eh? Fortunately, it was the same God. Elijah na so the same God won. So you see, life is about choices. And um, they say we make the choices, and then the choices make us, isn't it? And in life, we are faced with so many choices. Eh? For instance, and I, I, when I look at some, at some corner, you have been a friend. Over time, you've become really good friends. You, you really like this person. You've fallen in love. 
but then you sort of want God to speak a decision and give you some clarity on whether that's the way to go, isn't it? The one of a spouse. Or you need to make a decision about schools, you know, which schools will my children go to? Um, and you're inviting God into that conversation. Or you have somebody in hospital, or you have a doctor you're seeing, perhaps it's your son or your mother or your parent, and there are some complicated decisions to make about which options to take. And you come and ask God, hey God, what do we do here? And uh, asking God to speak in that situation. Or it could be a complication in your workplace, and you're asking God to sort you out. And it could be many things that we have. We have decisions all the time, isn't it? What job do I take? Um, you know, do I relocate from this country? Do I take a mortgage? Do I, what gift do I buy for these people? You know, what course do I take in school? How much do I give in this situation? What do I preach today? You know, do I take up that deal? Do I vote for this person or the other? And do I leave this person or don't, don't I leave this person? You know, every, do I go for that meeting or not? We are faced with decisions every day that we need to make. And it's such a huge thing. It's a huge source of stress, actually. Uh, you know, there are even people like Mark Zuckerberg who, in order to sort out the clothes to wear, only decide to need t-shirt, nahivi, nahivi, and then you have, you know, to avoid that decision making. Or even like Obama, they used to say for Obama, he had a system of clothes. These suits like this, so anakuja tuana vaapa, and they are replenished him, he comes to the end and goes back, never thinking about what to do. Because the, the thing about decision making is that it can be so stressful, right? But there is a solution. And know what the solution is? The solution is to let God guide you. And that's why we're looking at prayer in pursuit of, 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 of revelation. And what we mean here is simply that we are asking God for instructions. We are asking God for clarity over an issue. It means that we recognize there is a decision we need to make, perhaps a significant decision, and so we don't know what to do, we don't have sufficient clarity, and so we move forward and ask God, we desire a wisdom, wisdom from you. And this area is one that is... Uh, <laughs> it's clouded with many issues. In fact, I feel quite uh, inadequate when it comes to speaking about this area. And, and you know, even significant, you know, great men of God have made, said they were led by God in a certain way, and it turned out to be untrue. Clearly. You know, even some in, back in 2000 were saying, this is the end of the world, and so on. God has led me, and we are still here in 2022. So it can really get a bit, um, a bit mucky. And so it's, it's, it's something that is um, quite, would I say, some, some challenge. And God doesn't always make his will obvious to us. Eh? And perhaps one of his assumptions is that we are growing in maturity. And therefore, we have some capacity to make some decisions or you know, some level of decisions, isn't it? We, we get to the place where we have some sanctified reasoning. We can reason out things because we know just how things should be out of our experience with God. You know, for example, my daughter, Wema, is 11 years turning, and she will come, sometimes that comes to me, Daddy, what do I do? Do I do this? No, 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 no. Say, just go and make the decision yourself. You know, because it's, do I, do I do this? It's something simple, which over the years, you have been able to ensure that I, she can sort it out, isn't you? 
do, do I make an egg for myself or do I eat this? It's there on the table. You eat what you want. Make that decision. You know? So there's a bit of that that, um, that we have that then makes us you know, not really want to keep struggling for the decisions. Then there's also the aspect of God's general or revealed will. You know, some sort of, we don't need special revelations for some things because God has already said that's okay. For instance, it's God's will that all men may be saved, right? So should we be asking whether we need to evangelize or not? No, he has already said that. And do we make disciples or not? We should, because that's what God desires us to do. Uh, do we come to church, to fellowship together and so on? Do we need to pray and ask God about it? No, we know we should be doing that. Do we honor our parents? Uh, do, should we asking about that? No. So there are some things that God has already revealed to us, and he has spoken about them, and it's clear and obvious to us. So for these kinds of questions, we don't need specific additional you know, wisdom. But then there are those things that we come to God and ask God, what do I do about these things? And so I want to share some, some thoughts. I don't have a specific text as such because, as I said, it's a, a fairly a complex, not com I mean, you know how it is. You know, if we start asking you, how do you know? Pastor Jed has told us God made some things clear to us. Now we come and ask, Pastor Jed, ulijuaje ni mungu mekombia, alifanyaje, you know. We never ask people that. And yet that at the back of our minds is something we want to know, isn't it? So let's have a small conversation about this and hopefully we shall have some clarity about what to do. So I'll say just some principles on, on this issue. And one of the things that I can say is that God wants to guide you, right? We've said that the solution is God. We seek uh, guidance from God, but God wants to guide you. We've just said that God has a wonderful plan for our lives. Jeremiah 29, you know that verse? He has plans for you for your life, and he'd like those plans to be known to you. He says in Psalms 23, the 23rd Psalm we all know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He does what? He does what? He, okay, you can say thee thou if you are that version, but you, you, <laughs> what he says is that he, he leads me, he guides me along the right paths. That's what he says. He guides me along the right paths. In fact, he, so he doesn't just feed us, he guides us. And he has promised to guide us because in John, at the point when Jesus was praying, he was saying that he will send the Holy Spirit who will guide us into what? Into all truth. In other words, um, the Holy Spirit will receive from him and make known to us what we need to know about where we are. So God wants to guide you. He has said that, and it's expressly done in the scriptures. In fact, let me, let me say this rather strongly and surprisingly. It will be a problem if God is not guiding you, or if we are, if we are not receiving revelation from God. Because it says this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons or the children of God. If I am God's child, then I am led by the Holy Spirit. And the context here, the, the reference to some, some versions say sons, refers to maturity. If you are a mature child of God, you are led by the Holy Spirit. And not just once, like I had what God wanted to tell me some years back. No, it's regularly led by the Holy Spirit. 
So God wants to guide you. Indeed, it's the evidence that you're a child of God that you are guided by the Holy Spirit. All right? So that's the first one. Number two, God expects us to seek him for guidance. So our first point of call, if I have a decision to make, should not be my friends. You can, because he speaks through them, yes. But the first point of call should be to God, asking God for guidance. In fact, he says, call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you did not know. All right? Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Okay? So we should actually, uh, God expects us to do that, and that's where we should be going to. See, the other thing about seeking God's revelation on some issue is that there is a tendency to go to other sources of direction. Those other sources, what we call it, we call it divination. Divination is when you're seeking that direction from all those other sources. And that's why you have palm readers, crystal ball, nini, nini, watuanani, stars, horoscopes, whatever. Those are ways to try and find some direction outside of God's purpose, which is wrong. And it's not to say that it might or it might not work. It's just that you tie yourself to the enemy, to wrong influences of Satan, and to bondages that you may not know about, right? Because the, the enemy has a capacity to do that as well. Remember that story in Acts? Paul went out to preach, and a woman, a, a girl was following, these are the servants of the Lord, listen to them. And, and, and. They were saying, the, the, the girl was saying the truth, isn't it? And when Paul rebuked this spirit, spirit, shatani, cast out of her, she stopped doing that, isn't it? And then the whole city went into an uproar because her owners were using her to tell people and to get money, isn't it? Now, that's divination. That's the wrong kind of uh, source for things. We should also always call unto the Lord for direction. That's number two. The third thought is that seeking God or getting that revelation takes commitment. It's, it's not a walk in the park. It takes commitment. And this commitment is in several ways. Because eh? God says, and, and for some reason, I, I listened to Derek Prince. He's a, he's a British gentleman who passed on, but who is very strong in terms of issues of prayer, teaching, and you know, deliverance and all that. And anything you get on Derek Prince, it's written D-E-R-E-K. It's a lot on YouTube. Listen to it. It will be very useful. From his, and, and, and this is the other thing, and that's why we talk about discipleship being strong. Some things we're not just taught, we also catch them, isn't it? So if you're in a DG and you're asking questions about now how do I pray, how do I do these things, we learn from the experiences of those who have gone before us, from their personal experiences, and from the scriptures, and even from what we call the Christian fathers, you know, the people who went before us who had certain kinds of rhythms and ways of doing things, that we know work and are godly and were inspired by God and all we need to do is learn from them and apply them, right? So I'm just saying that you should listen. To. But he says, the things of God, a lot of things of God, the pearls of God are not just laid out in the open for you to pick. Everything that we, apart from once we are born again, 
our process of, of growth is dependent on us because God does not force his will on us. And most of these things take effort, right? And I'm not saying it's not effort of being accepted to God. Na, 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 na. No, it's just that, for instance, he says, you shall find me when you seek me with all your heart. You must want it badly. You must want this direction from God so badly that he gives it to you. Ask, it says, and it will be given to you. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door, it will be opened. All right? And so there's that sense of I need to come with some level of determination and desperation to say, God, I really want to do this. You'll not just come and say like you're praying for food, God, give me direction. Maybe, but usually not from the experiences of most of us. Sindio. So I asked several people how they specifically ask for God's direction. So I have this issue how do I go, and now what do I do, specifically? Hey, ilikuwa ni kama kungwa meno. And if I'm sure if I ask you that, you're like, oh yeah, this, I know, what, you know, something you have, something that works for you, but explaining it becomes difficult. But there are a few things that came up, all right? And I can also share from my experience and the experiences of others. One is that you have to pray, right? And Usually, this is where we're talking about the rituals and the rhythms being a benefit to you because it's out of that consistency that you're able to bring some issues to God and to pray. And, and, and one of the things is just take time before God and pray. And what we find is that sometimes you'll come and... You're quiet and... And now what you do is in, you, you remain in silence. You're kind of listening to God. Because he will usually do that at those moments when you are in quiet and waiting in expectation before him. You could just be in silence. It's almost like you are clearing your mind with, and that's what you do initially when you're praying, you pray, 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 whatever. But you, you sort of clear your mind to a point where you're calm. You're not now thinking about too many things. In fact, what I do personally is when I get to that point, if some thought comes, I have a, like a paper or a pen, and something is coming, you just write there, you leave it, so that it gets out of your mind and you're not thinking about it. It's not troubling you, isn't it? Did I give that report? Those thoughts are trying to put them down on a piece of paper on the side and dispose of them. But then it gets to a point of quiet, and the Lord is able to just whisper something into your, into your, into your heart, into your spirit, or you get a sense of direction about the thing that you're doing, or you find some clarity in that issue. And this is the thing. It's usually out of a prolonged moment of prayer. Pastor M is challenging us, and Mavuno is challenging us to pray for an hour. Try this. And this is now on your own, eh? See, Saila tuko pamoja. Tukiwa pamoja, tuneza omba na awa, viraisi. Now on your own, just try and pray for an hour. Uta omba hizo vitu zako zote. Ukishafika 30 minutes, hauna kutu ya kusema, baki too quiet. Don't go, just stay there before the Lord, eh? And ask him to speak to you or to say something to you. 
you will notice as i do that you you get some sort of calmness ni almost ni kama unaenda kulala lakini ulali si ndio kitu kama it is a bit of quiet that you get to that it's a stillness within which god speaks in a still small voice uh, try that and some people even do longer sessions there are people who we, we are encouraged to do uh, i think did you do that imizizi a half a day of prayer on by yourself people call fasts and fast in that period and actually times of fasting because you're not going to eat are good times to do extended times of prayer just on your own somewhere quiet where you'll not be disturbed and in your mind just set aside the time useme sami naingia hapa stoke hapa mpaka lunch time so whether you play music whatever you do at some point you find a stillness that when you come out of that session una find vitu zinaenda haraka hizo mathiri zinapiga kelele sana you know just find as though you you go to a stillness of some level that um that god is able to speak into one of the biggest decisions i needed to make was who to marry and i remember doing what i'm saying and went before god and spent some time in prayer and i asked the lord who should i marry wala unajua hii story muambia it's the first time i thought the lord spoke to me in a voice i said because the voice the the name came not in i don't know whether it was through my ears or from my heart but it was very clear from god alinipatia ujina alisema tu purity na sasa unajua nilikuwa najua ni purity mgani so so i mean that's that's really i say i never some people say god speaks to them in a in a voice me that's the only time i had that most of the times it's usually through um reflections on scripture is the other thing there's some people who will speak you know whenever god gives you a word and how does god give you a word you can be reading through and that's why we encourage reading through the scriptures as you read you just find this thing strikes eh you know just you write it down somewhere for those who journal write it down and then some people do when they're in times of crisis they reflect back on their journals where they've been written and they're able to come across scriptures that still come up to them and they're able to sense and god look at what you have done for me and they're able to sense some direction from the reflections of god's word and what he has been able to do but here's what i'm saying the rhythms uh they it's possible for you to always have a sense of god's presence within you i talk you in other places there's a song singing in your heart there's just some sense of because i have been in regular prayer with god the people used to call it practicing the presence of god and so somehow you come to situations and you know what should happen somehow to um, that's why i'm saying is vitu ni ngumu kueleza zingine but for me i'd find you walk into a place and you know this is the decision we should be making here it's clear for you and you are able to lead the people to make that decision so don't fear being spiri it might sound like ni spiri sana sindio at ease vitu za kwenda kusikiza mungu kwenda kuomba sijiwana that's what we are supposed to do as believers we are asked to be led by the holy spirit we have to wait upon the, the lord for direction it's not just things that sometimes are not that quick and easy but they take that effort and laborious process remember that story of peter just before lunch as was his habit he went to to pray remember that? and and in acts chapter 10 i think 
and where then he saw a vision. You know that story? And then the Lord told him, I'm sending men to you. When they come, go with them. Just out of his regular waiting on the Lord, he's able to receive direction, even for things that he may not necessarily be asking for. God speaks to us, not just to give us direction, but even to send. He says he never does anything without revealing to his prophets. So sometimes waiting upon God, God gives us direction concerning matters that may not be for us. Which is also why, even as a congregation, it's possible for us to discern God's will over something. Sinyo? We all know God says we do this because God speaks to his people and there's a sense in which some, there's, a, there's a, a kind of check that comes when we are corporate over things that concern us. Right? And so that's something that um, we need to be aware of. The other thing is that uh, when, when I'm saying in terms of the point of uh, it takes commitment, it also takes a commitment to align. It's, um, you know, a real risk is where we go on to this prayer to pursue revelation and instruction, but we have a predetermined direction. So we, we, are, we are going to pray and you to partake. We just stick, we say we, we, we prayed and God gave us this direction. But we went in with a predetermined direction or with just simple things like, oh, now, come on, yeah, watch to me a text, Leo. He sends you a text every day. <laughs> But if I want, you know, it could be that you already have a direction, but you're seeking to read it. So we should be committed to sort of in advance saying that whatever God gives us, direction God gives us, then we will follow. And that sense of commitment allows us to be in a place to receive God's direction. All right? So I went to this person and I asked him, Sasa wewe, Sasa God ule the person you'll vote for. <laughs> this is another way God speaks to people. And so, she, so, so this person said eh, that um, they went in a place of prayer and asked the Lord to give them direction. They were quiet. Nothing happened. And then they went to bed and slept. Now, in the night, they had a dream. And the dream was they're in a place where it's like a desert, and then there's some oasis and a nice place. So they went into that nice place. And I can't remember the details, but eventually they got somebody who gave them a scroll. You know a scroll? And the scroll was opened. And when it was opened, it was the colors and the symbols of that person. And the Lord then gave them a verse in the process. And so when they woke up in the morning, they went to the verse. I won't go into the details. But you see, with, with that sort of... So, do you think they, were, they had other questions about what it was? No. God does work and speak to us through visions and dreams. So for, for Peter, his was, his was a, you know, his a vision because he was not asleep. It could be in that state of he was perhaps, like I was saying, you're quiet, you're still, and then somehow you, you sort of, I don't know whether you imagine, you, but you see the, you get into that vision and you see it, and God gives you the direction. For some of us, for me it happens a lot, quite a lot as well, is in your sleep, and you have been praying about something, again back to the rhythms, because we pray for these things, sometimes it's a long time, there's some things we've been praying for years, there's some things we are praying for weeks. There's something God answers immediately, but some maybe not. And so you just get a, 
a dream that is as clear as that, right? And God is able to give you that direction. What is your most recent dream? Or when is, it, when is the last time you sensed God give you direction? That's usually one of the ways he speaks to you because he does differently to different ones of us. Okay? The other last thought on this is that this should be based on God's word. The seeking God, the seeking that direction is based on God's word. It says in Psalm 119 and 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. It says in Romans chapter 12 and, and verse 2, do not copy the customs, and I'm reading it in NLT versions, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. A lot of our decision-making is influenced by the general thinking of the time. You know, if you listen to some FM stations and you kind of, kind of thoughts they have about marriage, and if you're listening to that a lot of times, when it comes to making decisions about your marriage, you will begin to think that it's okay to think certain ways, isn't it? But if we are founded on God's word, if you are asking God to uh, realign our thinking so that we can understand what he intends for us from the scriptures, then we are at a standing point when it's easy for us to make decisions that go against the grain of what family expects, what, and this is in a sense of when you're thinking about the system of the world, uh, because these are things that are usually, well, you'd be thinking about it has to be cool, right? Things that are cool may usually, I'm not saying every cool thing is, is bad. My shoes are cool, by the way, eh? but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to say, um, well, I didn't think so until somebody told me. Uh, and then, is, is it fashionable, you know? Does it, does it sit well with people? Is that the kind of thing we think about in the society? Especially in some places we are supposed to be progressive, isn't you? Easy members of it ask guys human rights and nah, nah, nah. I'm not saying they're bad, but there's some kinds of thinking that could push things to the point where you know you're not thinking honor should be honor the way it is. You're not thinking certain things that should be certain things because that's a system of the world and the way things the way things are about. We sort of think um, um, th there was I don't know whether to say this, but th there was there was an organization that um, requires you to be pro-choice, yeah? I mean, pro-choice squeezy, you talk about progressive. You know what I mean by pro-choice, eh? And so before you get um, a job there, you have to be. And so there was a, a, a former boss who approached me and said, hey, bana, suna nini, yapa kuna job, hey, nice, hey, nini, kuja, chukua ikitu bana. I said, okay, no, and so I said, pro-choice. I said, mazi, me, msimamo, I thought they knew, but then they told me, that the experience, and it was a regional job across Africa, is that in most countries, when you come and present this pro-choice thing, we are against Wakristu, eh? But when they presented the job, <laughs> they look the other way and, and take the job. And they say they are finding that a lot in Kenya and several other countries, but Uganda had a, a more stronger sense of, I can see June nodding, she's in that sector, 
they are a lot more resistant to that. So I was just saying, you can have a system of thinking where now you're asking, Lord, should I take this job or not? But of course, there's something there that should be making the decision for you. So let's get into the habit of getting into the Word to not just renew our minds, but because it's also what the Holy Spirit reminds us. He says the Holy Spirit will remind you. So if you have gotten God's Word into your heart, you know certain things, that's what the Holy, that's the raw material the Holy Spirit uses to speak to you randomly to Ukoinje when you're doing certain things. So those are my thoughts concerning just pursuing God for revelation. I'm saying that we have to commit to following God and seeking him for revelation. He's invited us. He expects us to do that. And I'm saying that it takes commitment, being committed to God's word, but putting in the effort and being um, ready to follow what God sends you and instructs you. And after you have prayed diligently for revelation, your commitment must be that you will leave out the instruction that God delivers to you. Amen?